Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. And on that note this morning, we're going to start a new series today called Encountering the Holy Spirit. Encountering the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's, there's been a lot of talk over the years about the Holy Spirit. People have heard this terminology, Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times, even us Christians who have been Christians for a long time, we take for granted the fact that it's not a it, but it's a he. The Father is a he. The Holy Spirit is his spirit, so it's a he. The Son is His Son. He's a He. The Holy Spirit, just like the Father and the Son, is a He. And He loves you just like the Father loves you. He can't not love you any less than the Father because they're one and the same. Now, I know we don't understand it all. And y'all can argue about oneness and Trinity all you want to. But nobody really understands it while you're sitting there arguing about it. But God is three and God is one at the same time. And you can't have one without the other. Just like you can't have your body without your spirit. If you do, you're dead. Come on. It's just, a, it's just some dust. That's all it is. But if you really there, it's your body and your spirit and your soul. So it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a He. And we need to understand that when Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, He gave us the Comforter. He gave to us the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk over the next few weeks about what that means. Next week, we are going to talk about the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Bible, folks. Come on. It's in the Bible for you and I today. It wouldn't be in there if it wasn't for us today. But this week, I want to talk to you about something just for a few moments about our part in receiving the Holy Spirit. Because there's something that we have to do. We don't just sit around and say, well, God, if you want to fill me with the Spirit or if you want to bless me, then you know where I'm at. You know what it is, Lord. I'm right here. You know where. You know my number. Call me sometime. It's not the way God operates. <laughs> God says, seek me while I may be found. Seek my face while I'm here. And so there's a part that we have to play in receiving the Holy Spirit. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20. We'll get there in just a moment. But Jesus said something in this passage, John chapter 20. He was talking here to the disciples. And he was about to send them out on a mission. He was ready to send them out. Just as the Father sent Jesus out, he's ready to send the disciples out to do his work. And so look at what he said in verse 21 of chapter 20 of the book of John. The Bible says, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. When you look at this passage, this 
this short passage, these couple of verses where Jesus talked to his disciples, the first thing that you notice before Jesus breathed on them, before Jesus said receive anything is he said peace to you, peace to you. I think that a lot of times many Christians feel like the Holy Spirit is something that's so mysterious and that we don't understand what it is. And, you know, it's miraculous and it's a mist and it's so mysterious and we just can't understand it and it's out there. And when people get the Holy Spirit, they start going crazy and they speak in tongues and they lose uh, control of themselves. And I just don't understand all of this. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm right here. I'm a he. I'm your helper. I come alongside to empower you. I don't know what all that stuff is you're talking about. You're the one spooky, not me. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. We are the ones that make it so spooky. It's not spooky. Come on. <laughs> but Jesus said, peace. Before you even receive the Holy Spirit, before you get weird, peace. Peace. He's saying, peace, be still. You breathe. Before I breathe on you, take a breath. Peace. I'm bringing you peace. I'm not bringing you something so that you don't have control of everything and you go crazy and you don't know what's going on and you're possessed like a demon would possess you. No. You're possessed by my spirit, but it's not a crazy thing. Peace, he said. Peace. Peace to you. And then he says, just as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. But I can't send you powerless. I can't send you out without the helper, without the comforter, without the one that gives you revelation, without the one that guides your every step. And so he, it says he breathed on them. He didn't just give them some spirit from over here. Come here, let me summon the spirit. Let me summon the spirit and I'll put that spirit upon you. No, God gave them his spirit. Jesus gave them his spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so first he said, peace. And then we noticed that he gave him his own spirit. And the third thing we noticed right away about just these two verses is the fact that he told them to do something. Yeah, he breathed on them, but they didn't automatically receive it. He told them, receive the spirit. That means there's something they have to do to receive the Spirit. They have to receive it. He can give it, but if you don't receive it, you won't get it. I'm just telling you what's in the Scripture this morning. Now, God can meet you face to face. We're talking this morning about encountering the Holy Spirit. And just for a few moments, I just want to talk to you about an intentional encounter. How the encounter with the Holy Spirit must be an intentional encounter. And this encounter is marked by God's presence, his power, and his deliverance. When we encounter the Holy Spirit, we're talking about a Holy Spirit encounter. Isaiah 44, 3, God said, he told, he told the prophet, tell the people, for I will pour water on them who is thirsty, and I will pour floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. I Listen, if you're thirsty, I have water for you. I have what you need. But if you're dry, I'm not just going to give you a drip of water. 
Come on now, when you read the scripture, look at what God is saying. He said, I will flood you with my spirit. You know, this is how God does things. He, he, he will flood you. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. If you have some dry ground, if you feel spiritually dry in your life, seek the Holy Spirit and he just won't help you out a little bit, give you a little drink of water so that you'll be all right and go on your way. He's going to flood you with his spirit, an abundance. I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. When Jesus said those words, how many know that that hooked right up with the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is life? You see, the letter of the law, you can just read the Bible through, but the letter of the law kills. The Spirit, I come that you might have life. The Spirit gives life, life more abundantly. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. in the message version, it puts it this way. God said, come. This is what he's saying to us this morning. Come, says the Spirit and the bride. Whoever hears, echo, come. He's saying, is anyone thirsty? Come, all who will, come and drink. Drink freely of the water of life. Now, when we look at these passages of Scripture, very often we look at it and we say, yeah, this is for the sinner because God is saying, come. And you're right, it is for the sinner. But you need to understand this morning that God is talking to you and I as well. Though you know the Lord, there are times in our life where we are on the top of the mountain and there are times in our life, even as Christians, where it seems like we're going through the valley because of the circumstances around us. Now, we can be like Jesus and still walking on the water in the midst of all the circumstances. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a mountain experience for us to walk on the water. And it doesn't have to be a valley experience for us to walk on the water. So he's telling you and I, listen, I know you have already received salvation, but I come that you might have life and that more abundantly in this time and the time to come. And if you want that abundant life now, he's saying, come Come, drink of this water that I have for you. Don't just sit back and wait for me to do something. I did something for six days. Now I'm resting. It's time for you to do something. And if you don't believe me, look, at, look around. The grass grows. Come on, trees grow. Stuff happens. The sun goes up and the sun comes down. The earth turns. I've done my job. What are you doing? Come, he's saying, come, come to me. Come, don't just sit and wait. Come, all who will, come and drink. Drink freely of the water of life. And so our response then has to be, yes, I receive you, Holy Spirit. Come into my life, I receive you. We must say it. Fill me with your presence. I invite you in. I open the door. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to saturate me with a hunger for more. That has to be our response. You, you must understand that even worship, worship is simply a response to God. That's what it is. You might think that you get up and I'm just going to go worship today. But really what you're doing is responding because God's been calling you. He's been wooing you the whole time when you didn't realize he was there. He was calling to you saying, come, come to me, come to me. And finally, at some point, we respond to God. 
I believe that he's saying to you and I today, I believe he's saying to this nation and to this world, come, come, I am here. Come, those who know me, not just the sinners. I, God does call out the sinners, but you want to know something? It's, it's your job and my job to go and witness. God is calling to you and me. Come on, he's empowering the leaders, that's you. He's empowering the leaders, that's me to go into the world. That's what he told the disciples. Jesus didn't say, stay here. Stay here in the barn. Mess around with the animals a little bit. Watch TV, watch a few shows. I'll be back because I got to go witness. That's not what he said. He said, come and receive. Peace I give to you. Just as the Father sent me, now I am sending you. And he breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. And so we, we must be intentional about this thing. Listen, here's the thing. When God is, is sought, when we, when we seek God, he is found. God is not a God that's going to hide from us. He's not going to play peekaboo with us. No, the issue is just that we don't seek God. But when God is sought, he is found. When we pursue more of the spirit, God is well pleased. He is pleased with that. He is pleased when we seek him. Come on. He sends floods on dry ground, and he sends water upon the thirsty. Seek. That's why Jesus said, seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it shall be given. Knock, and the door will be opened. He's waiting for us. Why then are we waiting for him? Psalm 45, 1 says, my heart, my heart bursts its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. And Ephesians 3, 16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. God is a God that overflows. David said, my heart bursts because God gives me so much, and he doesn't stop. God truly, it's, this is where the cliche came from. God is the gift that keeps on giving. Come on, somebody. Titus 3.5 says he saved us not because of our righteousness or the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation. The Holy Spirit gives us confidence. The more you talk about the Holy Spirit, the more you find out that he is not a side item. He's not a side dish, but the Holy Spirit is necessary for us to live the Christian life. And so now this is not some one-off special message about the Holy Spirit. Oh, we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about grace. We're talking about, oh, all these things. Oh, we better throw in a message real quick just about the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Everything we talk about has to deal with the Holy Spirit. No grace without the Holy Spirit. You can't forgive without the power of the Spirit. You ever tried to forgive in your flesh? You can't do it. You can't do it. The Holy Spirit, John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Here's that word again. This is the thing about God. If you haven't gotten it by now, he's about all. 
He's about all. He will teach you all things. How many things will he not teach you? Come on. He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Jesus said a lot of things to the disciples. The Bible says that if everything was written down, there wouldn't be enough books. Come on. Perhaps in the whole world to hold all of the things that he said and all of his teachings. But the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all things. All things. You know, there's many spirits. There's angels, demons. There's even the spirit of mankind, your spirit and my spirit. But there's only one Holy Spirit. One Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 said, By one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether black or white. I'm throwing that in there. I'm not adding to Scripture. Whether black or white, whether short or tall, whether blessed with a full head of hair or whatever it may be. Come on. Into one body. And all have been made to drink from one spirit. One. One spirit. The same spirit that was upon Billy Graham is upon you. Same spirit that brought Lazarus out of the grave is upon you. Same spirit. Same spirit. It wasn't that Lazarus was so special. It wasn't that Billy Graham was so special, or whoever you want to name that you think is real special. They're, they are special, but they're only special because God gave them the Holy Spirit and they received it. They received it. Will you receive the Holy Spirit even today? Even today. Jesus said this, he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. You realize when you receive the Holy Spirit, you are receiving the kingdom of God. You want to know God's way of doing things? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And I said, this isn't just any spirit. This word holy, come on guys. This word holy stresses sacredness, something that has been set apart. You know it. You know what that means. Set apart from the common or from the ordinary. This is different. There's something different about this. It just isn't any spirit. David had an excellent spirit. Caleb had an excellent spirit. Joshua. But this is different. There's something different about the Holy Spirit. And one of the enemies, I'll just throw this in for free, one of the enemies of us getting to where we want to get to when we talk about unity and when we talk about cures for COVID and when we talk about whatever it is that we want to see on earth, God's kingdom manifest. One of the enemies to all of those things is complacency by us as Christians because we don't look at the Holy Spirit as a he. Just God will move. Let's go to church. Let's do, do some songs. Put me in E flat and maybe God will move. No, listen, listen. All of those things are side items. The Holy Spirit is not a side item. We must seek the Holy Spirit. We've got to go after the Holy Spirit. We've got to receive the Holy Spirit. 
That's how you are powered. I'm all about studying. I'm one, and I've got prophecies about this that I love to study. I love to dig in, and uh, I don't even mind a debate now and then about uh, different things that are in the Scripture. You know, I love to dig in. I love to see why this happened and why God did this and what that Greek word means and all of those things. And I understand that there's a more sure word of prophecy right here in your Bible. And all of those things are great, but if you just read and you don't have the Spirit, it will kill you. The letter of the law kills. It's the Spirit that brings it alive. Oh, now I see what you're saying, Lord. Same words, same Bible, same sermon. But I see what you're saying because of your Holy Spirit that's in me. Hallelujah. Holy, set apart. Let me tell you a couple things about the Holy Spirit before I just tell you some intentional things that we have to do. First of all, the Holy Spirit is represented by different things in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit is all of these things. First of all, the Holy Spirit is represented by fire. And all this means is that there's a purifying that takes place when we receive the Holy Spirit. There's a refining. That This is the refiner's fire when you receive the Holy Spirit. This is why when they were all in the upper room, it says that the Spirit came upon them like cloven tongues of fire. Because the first thing that the Spirit does after Jesus says peace, in other words, don't worry about it, just be still. You don't have to worry about it. You know, my son went, uh, you know, a few days ago to go get a, a test for COVID. And fortunately for him, he's got to get another one before he goes to college here in a couple more weeks. But he got the test, and it was interesting. It was like, well, how, how do they give these tests? And they said, you know, they, they take the, the big, long, what is it, the Q-tip or whatever it is. Yeah, the swab, and they, they stick it in your nose, and it goes all the way up and down and around, back of your throat and all these things. I said, man, this is going to be something. But the lady said, listen, she said, just be still. Just be still, and it'll be all right. And he did. And I watched <laughs> as he was still, you know, Jesus is saying that to us. You think the test is so bad. You think this is so, it's just a weird thing. Just be still. Just be still. It's all right. Receive it. Receive it. Even as fire. Because listen, here's why it does fire. Because there's so, so many things that have corrupted us. There's so many things in the world that have corrupted us. Our thought pattern, things that we've dwelt on, uh, experiences, things we've been exposed to, the news. <laughs> Come on, all kinds of talk, whatever it may be, things we've done. So many things that have corrupted us that before he can send us out, he needs to send the fire to burn those things out of us. And it's for our own good so that we can be used, so we can be pure, so we can be refined. The fire. And the next thing is the wind. He brings the wind. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to breathe on you. I'm going to breathe on you, my own breath, my own spirit. This is the activating energy of the Holy Spirit. I don't know much about windmills, but if you've ever seen a windmill, a windmill can produce an enormous amount of power, an enormous amount of power. It just sits there and it receives the wind. And when the wind comes, it starts spinning that thing, power power. It's the way the Holy Spirit is. When Jesus breathes on us, we have power to overcome our circumstances. We have power to change people's minds. We have power. And then water. Oh, water. You know, when I was a kid, I used to, I used to hate water. I'd be playing and, I, and mom said, drink some water. I said, I need some Kool-Aid. 
I need that red thing to come running out of the wall. The kids say they don't know about that, but that, you, yeah, you, you say, hey, Kool-Aid, he come running out the wall. That's the guy I wanted with all that sugar. I needed some Kool-Aid. But I tell you, the older I got and the, the more I started playing football and doing all these things, oh, just a glass of water, some cold water. When you're real tired, when you're real thirsty, there's nothing more refreshing than water. And that's the way the whole, it's a renewing power when the Holy Spirit comes, when we're in a dry and thirsty land. The Holy Spirit comes, it's a renewing power. He refreshes us. And then oil, the oil is the anointing of God. That means it's the purpose of God and he undergirds it with the power and the authority to do what he's called you to do. Anointing oil of the Holy Spirit, it brings power. But guess what else it brings? It brings enlightenment. I know David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is. But the Holy Spirit allows us to see through walls. The Holy Spirit allows us to see around corners. It allows us to see things that are coming that other people don't see coming. It allows us to hear things. You'll stop and say, you hear that? Hear what? I don't hear you hear that? It's coming. It's coming. We'll know something's coming long before it comes because the Holy Spirit illuminates. It shows us what's coming. Come on. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And this is why we have to be intentional. I'll leave you with these five intentional encounters. This is what an intentional encounter does. First, let me just define for you what I'm talking about when I say we have to be intentional. This means that, yes, you have to get up and you have to pray and you have to say words like, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Holy Spirit, take from me those things that are not like you. Come on, we have to open up our heart to say, it's just like I say, when you pray and you say in Jesus' name, Jesus has given us his name. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Just understand that when you ask in Jesus' name, what you're saying is, Jesus, you are Lord, you are King, you are sovereign. We've been talking about this on Wednesday night. Join us on Wednesday night. We've been talking about this. You are king. You are sovereign. And so what that means is you do it the way you want to do it. I might have preconceived notion in the way I think you're going to bring this thing. You're going to bring this van. You're going to give me the new house. You're going to bring the marriage back together. But I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, you do it because I know the way you do it will be the right way. I won't do it the right way. I'll do it the best, the quickest way and the best way I think I know how. But he'll do it the right way. And so we, you got to get up and, and you have to say, Holy Spirit, burn out of me with fire those things that are not like you. Refresh me with the water of your spirit that I might be refreshed and renewed. Come on. Give me the oil of your anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this, these intentional encounters, intentional encounters believe for even a greater infilling. That's what you have to do. You have to believe that he is able to do exceeding abundantly. Ephesians 5.18 says that we do not uh, be drunk with wine in which this, this dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, you know it, what? Hymns, what else? Spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Be filled and filled and filled and filled with the Spirit. David said in Psalm 63, one of my favorite Psalms, especially as of late, he said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. 
my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. When I'm in a, when I'm in a place that's a dry and thirsty land, what is he telling us? What, what example do we have here from David? We have here that there's an example of us not complaining, not looking around, not saying, woe is me, not saying this is crazy, I can't believe this, what's going to happen, Right? Not running to the bank or to the news or to wherever it is we run for our help. But my soul longs for you, O oh God, in a dry and thirsty land. And these intentional encounters, they encourage us to live, listen, not only under the Spirit's influence, but to live exclusively under the Spirit's influence. Because we, we can get influenced by so many things. People can influence us. So many things can influence us. But we are to live exclusively under the Holy Spirit's influence. And then thirdly, these intentional encounters create a greater desire. A desire, not just a greater infilling, but a greater desire. That means that desire, when you get up, the more it's this thing about the more you seek him, the more you want to seek him. That makes sense to you? That's what's going to happen. The more you seek God, the more you're going to want to seek him. Because you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Come on, somebody. You get a greater desire. This intentional encounter, it encourages more prayer. I want to pray because I understand what prayer does. That's why we've been, that, this is why we've incorporated. And I hate to even say it that way because prayer just should be part of what we do anyway. But it's, it's, it's why we put a greater emphasis on prayer during the service while we're here, not just on some special night. But whenever we get together, we are going to pray. We are going to pray in this intentional encounter. It encourages us to pray more, to stay in contact with our Father. And then lastly, this intentional encounter, listen, it helps anyone to connect and reconnect. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're not connected with God and you haven't been for 20 years, guess what? It doesn't matter. Today is your day. He's ready and waiting, just like when the prodigal son came back. He's at the road waiting for you to connect. Doesn't mean everything else is bad in your life, but if you feel like you're at a place where, yeah, I've been doing okay, but I just haven't connected in this way where the Holy Spirit has been revealing things to me. I've, you know, one of the funny things, I was, <laughs> I was talking to my wife about this, and, and please don't take me the wrong way here. Don't take me the wrong way, because I love, I love prophecy. You know, I've been exposed to it, so have, have, have many of you have been exposed to the word of prophecy and dreams and all of that. But it seems like today, everybody's having a dream. Everybody's having a dream about the election. Everybody's having a dream about, you know, the end times. So who's having a prophetic dream about this? And, you know, people are sending me stuff on Facebook about all the dreams that everyone's had. It's good stuff. I'm, I'm not saying it's not good. But here's what I'm telling you. God is saying, listen, I am right here right now. I want to speak to you right now. Yes, there are dreams about things to come, but I don't want you to worry about things that you can't do anything about. What you can do is pray. What you can do is connect with me. What you can do is reconnect with me. I want a relationship with you. All of those things are important. But the thing is, if this relationship isn't here first, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We, we reach for all of the other things first before this relationship is straight. God's saying, let's get this straight. Let's get this straight first. My, my father and my grandfather both, they, they, they were great men at, at doing that. I'd come with these ideas of all these things that I wanted to do. And, and he'd say, well, well, how's your grade in English? <laughs> Let, let's get something straight first before you want to go write books and do all this and go off to college and do it. How's, how's your grade in eighth grade English? <laughs> 
Let's, let's, let's get some basic things down first. And this is what God is telling us today, folks. He's saying, listen, I have all those prophecies. You, you have no idea the things that I'm going to show you, my people. But let's get this relationship right first. And he's saying, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics.